Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't know So, and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live this week. The MVP tool and the Miami Dolphins make it four straight wins. The Heat back-to-back pizza mañanas got them closer to 500. The Panthers are trying to find their way to get to an elite level, and the Hurricanes get a good victory on the road in Georgia. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. Back. What up, brother? 111, I believe. 111? Is this episode 111? Yes, it is. Yes, sir. One, I mean, it feels one, one, like one triple digit. It feels like we've never even done a hundred of these episodes, but no, we definitely have. It's wild. We definitely have done a hundred. It's wild, man. And um, we've covered a lot of good stuff, a lot of bad stuff, some in between stuff. Yeah. And right now, you know, we get to cover something pretty great. With the uh, Miami Dolphins, man, and this weekend was jam packed with sports. Right, we had a uh, Hurricanes playing Saturday, the Panthers were playing Saturday, I believe the Heat were playing Saturday as well, and then we had uh, UFC 281 taking place on Saturday night, uh, which me and Jesse got to break down, and we have that coming out this Thursday. And uh, you know, Jesse, man, whenever we get a chance to talk MMA with him and combat sports in general, uh, that guy digs deep. Yeah, and always finds those little nuggets. Yeah, he loves it, bro, and that's exactly why he's our MMA guy. Absolutely, man. <laughs> he sees things that I definitely don't see. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, for sure. And the way that the, and yeah, for sure. Big shout out to Jesse and the way that the, the card even worked its way out, like and worked itself out. Pretty dope, man, and it had a lot of unsuspecting things for for people who are MMA junkies, right? Oh, so yeah, make sure to check that out. Check out the YouTube channel, and if you haven't subscribed, now would be an excellent time because we have OnlyFans Week Ten right now live and streaming, and um, it's amazing because we got to talk a lot about how the team is progressing offensively, how they looked defensively, and ultimately what our three thoughts were on how the game looked and how the Dolphins looked heading to the bye week. Yeah, no, it was a good episode. Uh, we got a bye week now, yeah, which is pretty good. We get to look back and reflect, and uh, we might have uh, open tryouts for a new cast member. <laughs> nah, man, <laughs> after nah. after there was some, uh, but that C minus was weird. There's some some awful grading there by one of our cast members. You got to tune in to check that out. Um, but and uh, drop a comment <laughs> on the video and let them know what you think about his grade for the Miami <laughs> Dolphins so far. Hey, mass, but nah, it was a good it was a good show. Very animated. Uh, you know, we 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 broke it all down. I thought you know we did a pretty good uh, breakdown of you know the entirety of the game. If you didn't get to, to watch it, as always. Um, but man, it's just nice to be on the winning side of things. We've, we've been a part of a losing culture for so long as Dolphin fans that all we had to really kind of fall back on or rely on was a 72 season that most of us weren't even born for yet. For real. And now it's nice to be like, all right, we we're not there yet. We're, we know by any means that we're not there yet. But as far as just just the regular season, just having you know a, a, the, the, a good team with all these pieces together, seeing them all gel and actually produce and then come out with the result that we all want, which is victories. It doesn't get better than that. So. I mean, dog, what are we talking about here? We're talking about a franchise that hasn't been able to put success together for long stretches of periods. Right. And 
when when you look at what this team has been able to accomplish in 10 games where we've had two winning streaks of three games now we're on a four game winning streak after beating the browns uh 39 to 17 you 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 kind of look back with i don't want to say all but like damn dog you're you're surprised you know, you're super surprised in all aspects of being a Miami Dolphins fan. Because you and I were kicking it before the show, and, and we talked about, like, Tua, right? And how great Tua is playing right now and, and the level of, of, of what he's playing right now. This is a dude that is like, had so many things said about him. A lot of people downing him, injuries, coming out of college, all types of stuff. And now look at him and look at where the team is behind him and behind the head coach, right? Winning four games in the NFL is not easy. And if you look at the teams. And doing it in a row. Yeah, no. Doing it in a row. That's what I'm saying. Like, even the good teams, when they have those seasons, right? Winning four games in a row is hard. And I don't know about you, but I never would have pictured the Dolphins team winning four games in a row. I wanted it, right? I asked for it. Like, come on. Put a winning streak together heading into the playoffs. Show me that we're a real contender. And these guys are just shoving their success down my throat because every week that the team is healthy, that QB one is in the on the field, we're we're in a game and we're we got a good chance to win every single game, especially when we put a, a complete performance together, almost like we did on Sunday, minus those kicks that we're gonna talk about later. Yeah, talk about them right now. Nah, man. let's talk about them later. I don't want to ruin the mood of like what's happening here with this Dolphins team because it's great, bro. I mean, we're seven and three on top of the AFC East. Buffalo loses a, a, a tough game to Minnesota, a crazy game, crazy son. crazy game at home, right? And they got and they got away with one too. Like I guess they didn't deserve to win that pass interference. Well, call. no, not even that. They gave Davis catch that wasn't a catch. Correct. So they got away with one there. So in the end, you can argue that they never really deserved to win that game, but. Yeah, it was a close one. Anyway, that you 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 spin it and they lost, which is good for us. Um, the only thing is now we go into a bye week. The Jets coming off their bye week. If they were to win this week against whoever they're playing, I think they're playing these. The t- Patriots you told me the Patriots is a divisional game. Yeah. So if they beat the Patriots, then they would pass us back in the rankings again. Uh, by the time we get out of the bye week, so uh, we need the Patriots to win. Yeah. This game against the Jets, yep. and we need to rest up in this bye week. We need to just relax, yep. look back at these last 10 games, reflect everything good that we've done, and get ready for the next seven games of the season. More importantly, reflect on the things that we haven't been able to execute, right? Um, tackling, we've seen the progression of tackling get better and better and better as the season goes along, but early in the season, it was really rough. Right, it was really rough. Missing tackles, blatantly left and right, like guys just diving, like if they're playing Madden. Yeah. And um, now we see that there's more, you know, wrap up tackles, gang tackling, and and making sure that when we get to the guy who has the ball, we're bringing him down and we're not allowing those extra yards after contact. That's a big portion of playing defense, right? Like, Huge. yeah, the guy's gonna gain yardage. The game is built for the for offense to move. But for the defense, you have to be able to stand your ground and make stops. It's not just good enough to bend, right? Bend, bend, bend. No, you want to be a wall sometimes and, f- and force the team to punt. Um, funny enough, Dolphins being 7-3, and three, we haven't been 7-3 and three since 2001. 2001. We're the second team in the, NF- in the AFC total that has seven wins. Only other team is Kansas City. Second team in the AFC. Um, we have an excellent conference record. 
You got MVP chance for Tua. His third straight games with three touchdowns, no INTs. A bunch of records that he's breaking. Like, what what more do you want right now as a Dolphins fan? Right? Like, we're in prime position right now, which is shocking to me. Like, if my if my tone doesn't give you that excitement, it's because I'm fucking shocked of how good this Dolphins team is. I didn't expect it. I'm stoked, dog. You know me. You know me. You know I've been ride or die. Hardcore. You know, I'm all in. <laughs> I've asked the important questions on this podcast. You know, who's the more delusional fan, the Miami Hurricanes fan or the Miami Dolphins fan? I, I, I've, you know, I've posed to right. you, you know, hey, if, if two is healthy and can give us a complete season, we can win games and we can be in the playoffs. Right. You know, we didn't have that his first season because, you know, he, he was a rookie and he did get hurt. His second season when we really thought we were going to see that, we see him get hurt early on, come back, win some games, you know, get some momentum, get some more development under his belt. Now this year with the exception of the concussions and that three-game stint where we were without him, he's been an absolute lights-out. Dog. I mean, can't, you cannot ask MVP, for more. MVP, Joel. He's been an MVP, dog. Look, he's the first player in the NFL to, in history, NFL history, to have 135-plus passing rating in three straight games while throwing the ball at least 30 times a game. Accuracy was his main thing. Always. And look how accurate that man can be when he has weapons. You know, what? has time to throw the ball. You know what's so interesting mm. is that people are still finding ways to nitpick and say, oh, but he still underthrows three balls a game. You know Two what? Two balls a game, three That's balls a great. game. That's great. That's great. You, you, I, I feel like, <laughs> you know, and I said it on, on, the, on OnlyFans, it's, those are the people who are waiting for the other shoe to drop onto it, and they're going to be waiting there for a long time. A long time. Look at the key important areas that would benefit to success as a quarterback, right? First thing we did, we went and got an offensive weapon in Tyreek Hill, found another one in the draft in, J- in Jalen Water. Boom. Now we got a hell of a combo for him to throw the ball, right? Mind, mind you what we have here. Then the next move for us was to build the offensive line. You go and you sign the biggest uh, tackle that you can, best tackle out there. And he makes a big difference on that offensive line, and you, including the guy uh, Snell that we found on the on the streets and plug him in. But like we talked about again on OnlyFans, that he's the one who anchors the O line to make everybody else better, so that allows them to be good at their job. Right. And now we just added the third element to make a guy like Tua even more successful, which is the running game. Yeah, Moser was doing his thing by himself, but Chase was kind of like dragging us back. He wasn't doing his thing, right, holding us down. We get Jeff Wilson in here, and just in those two games, like, this guy's been able to come in and not only produce, but produce with, like, exceptional numbers. Over 200 yards, I think, he has from scrimmage in those two games. Explosive. He's explosive. Explosive plays. He scored a touchdown in both of his games with the Dolphins. Yeah. that's. I mean, that's all you got to know. The guy has a nose for the end zone. He's two for two. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. They weren't easy. They're hard fought. They're hard fought, you know, that he has to make plays. And he's done that. So loving what I'm seeing. You know, I've said, you know, I can see Jeff Wilson taking over the RB1 uh, spot on this team. Raheem Mostert, I think, might have heard that. You know, he's probably listening to his podcast on a regular. Shout out to Raheem. Shout out to you, Raheem the Dream. But, uh, you know, no disrespect, I got you on my team. I think you're a stud, too. And and he, he goes out there and he finds the end zone, too. And he's putting up yards. He's producing as well. Um, but it doesn't hurt to have both those guys in, in the backfield, especially as a nice combo one-two punch. Right, for sure. And, and and again, like those are the things that a successful team should have. You should have a good running back game. You should have good wide receivers that you should go can Check. go out there and put 
points on the board. Have a good quarterback. Have a good defensive line. Have a good, you know, defensive back. Have a good play caller. The Dolphins have all of those things. And right now we're one we're not like the the hunted, we're the hunters because people are sleeping on the Dolphins, not really maybe giving them the the respect that we deserve. So now it makes us want to go and be even more successful and have, and keep that same hunger that's driving us. I feel bad for other teams that got to play us right now because Tua is extremely confident. He's not a raw, raw guy. He's not a guy who's going to say it, but I'm sure everybody saw the clip of Coach McDaniel saying, uh, yeah, this guy right here, he won't ever say it, but he's playing fucking out of his mind. And it's true. He's playing ridiculously, bro. Whatever this guy is doing, like the Gatorade, the special juice, whatever it is, it's working for Tua. Please keep drinking it because it's just going to lead to even more success for the Dolphins. And that's ultimately what we care about. I just, I've said it, bro. The kid is a born champion. He's yeah, he knows how to play. Some he knows how to win. Just are born with that innate ability, ability to just compete at the highest levels of whatever it is that they do. And in football, it's that kid right now. Yeah, forget for sure. about it. And he's here. He hasn't. He still hasn't proved it yet. He's still. But he. We're we're in the midst of watching him prove it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And getting to the playoffs, getting a playoff victory alone would do wonders for for Tua's stock. You know, and what his I mean? confidence as in, in himself. You know, and, and he's on the road to that right now, man. Because he he's he's winning games. He's putting them away. We just we were able to sit him with three four minutes left in this last game against the Browns. Cause Wild we up by over three possessions. By the way, that's how they got the sack. Yes, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because we had said it on OnlyFans that we were looking at the stats. And yeah. There was only one sack allowed. That was after Tua came out the game, and that was on on Skyler Thompson and the backup lineman. So speaking of the lineman. They gave up zero sacks. Um, we don't use our punter. Don't have to punt. First time since 2003, right? Fifth. I wish we didn't time. have to use our kicker. Our kicker. But no, look, <laughs> we're going to get to him at the end, bro. We're going to get to him at the end. Um, fifth time in franchise, franchise history that we don't punt in a game. So first time since December 28, 2003. Yet another 15, 20-year you know, record that the Dolphins are able to break. So that just shows awesome. you how long we've been, if not bad, mediocre. Yeah. You know, and at best, at best, right? And then when you look at certain things and that happened in the game, right? We had that that forced fumble from uh, Ziegler. Ziegler, he's he's beasting it, mm-hmm. um, especially mm-hmm. after losing Agba for the season with his triceps in, yeah, that was injury. Rough. It's okay, but now you now you feel more comfortable having oh, Chubb 100%. and Ingram. And and Jason Phillips, uh, you know, uh, Jalen Phillips, just running around, rotating there. It's gonna be great for the for the playoffs. But just a lot, man. A lot to be really We're happy, excited for. We're bro. Happy. No, excited, We're man. Look, and two on third downs in that game, seven for seven, eighty yards, one touchdown, one hundred and fifty three point nine passer rating. Third straight game where he has that for third downs, one hundred and fifty eight point three, one hundred and fifty eight point three, and one hundred and fifty three point nine. That's greatness shit, bro. And, you know, people can say, oh, you know, all he does is throw the ball to Waddle and, and, and Tyreek Hill. No, they care. They Did care. they play great this Sunday? They didn't put five, up those crazy numbers, right? Five receivers had at least four receptions in this game. Out of those other guys that are not named Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle, uh, when Tua threw the ball to them, guess what they had? 17 receptions for 192 yards and two touchdowns. Production. So, yeah, the guys who are catching the ball, they're doing their thing. But the guy putting the ball in play for those guys to make plays is the one who's hitting. 100%. He's the one who's hitting right now. And, um, yeah, heading into the bye week, feels great. Seven and three, four-game winning streak. And then you get a game against Houston at home. 
wild. Let me ask you this question. Talk to me. Do you happen to have readily available here right now the scores that we predicted for last week? Yes. I think you were at like 37 to 20-something, and I had 24-17. I had a lower score than you did, but you had more touchdowns than I did. Okay. So you don't have them readily available then? I wrote them down. I wrote them down. That's what it was. That's what it was. You didn't you, go back and you, listen to it. You didn't give me a number. I just asked you. You didn't. Give you me had a... you had the Dolphins winning thirty eight to twenty four. Thirty eight, twenty four, something like that. Something high scoring. I remember. Right. And then I had them at a lower scoring game yeah, because they were going to run that, the ball. My mine was twenty four seventeen. I had twenty four seventeen. I didn't think that they were going to score that yeah, like yeah. more than that. But uh, especially especially that. The way that the Browns came out playing, right? Because they were really committed to the run game. Like, Chubb didn't produce as many yards as he did, but he got carries, dog. You know what I'm saying? Hunt got carries. He got 11. You know what I mean? We also controlled the clock. We also controlled the time of possession. Third straight game where we win time of possession. And the turnover battle. And the turnover battle. So, like... Keys, bro. Those are small things that that you miss it when when you're watching the game live because it happens, you're excited, and you're like, all right, ready next play, let's go. What's happening next? But you and I know because we watch the games right. again on, on replay, you get to see more things that are impactful. You know, like um, we mentioned it, the blocking from the wide receivers on Sunday and from the tight ends were crazy downfield. Crazy. Because that's what allowed, you know, those guys like Moser and, and Wilson Jr. to spring open and run for 30-something yards for a touchdown. That means that, yeah, they could have blown by everybody, but they didn't. Everybody was blocked, so they had room to run. A complete game. A complete game in every aspect of the work. And now you you get to take a break, look at the videotape, and say, all right, where can we get better? We know Mm. what's working. We know what's working. Where can we get better? How is this going to help us in the playoffs? Because we're heading into the playoffs. It's just a matter of what seed we are. How do we get our kicker (laughs) to kick better? Because that's the only area right now that we're lacking in. Jason Sanders, we love you, dog. You know we're fans of you. You know, we when you got when you got paid, we were happy for you. We thought you deserved it coming off the season that you had. Right. It was a historic season for yourself, career season for yourself. But player, right now the team is playing at an all time high. We need you. <laughs> we need you doing your thing. Unfortunately, bro, when you get paid like that, it comes with with expectations. And right now, if you're not meeting expectations on a team that's heading into a playoff where everybody else's confidence is sky high and you have a very important job in the kicker who's maybe not sure of himself right now, that could be a problem that can get cut. And and it sucks for, for us to say that because, again, he has been an all-pro, but since that time, he's, you know, regressed. Yeah, Slowly absolutely. but surely, he's regressed. So at, at, at what point do you take a chance where you're playing a Buffalo, Kansas City, or some shit like that on the in road the in the snow. playoffs, in the snow, in some weather, and you need your guy to go out there and kick a 45-yard field goal? They don't got that confidence in him right now. Are We're going for I it. I wouldn't. We're going for it. I'm throwing that ball, baby, <laughs> a thousand percent. Right, right now with two and Tyreek Hill, all right, throw That's- the ball. Throw the ball. You have no Run it to the end zone. To, I'm going to get it right there. Right now, you have no trust, no faith, no confidence Hell in no. him to do that if the game's on the line. He's got maybe like, you know, this week to get it together and show something in practice. But I mean, if not, you, no, you, you know they're going to bring had, somebody in. Yeah, two. Not just one. Two. Two missed extra points. Yeah. They weren't field goals. Lucky extra for points. him. Yeah, I know. I know. That, and those are automatic. 30 yarders should be automatic. Come on, son. 
Yeah. He looks on me. He uh, looks like me out there hitting a golf shot, yeah. bro. Hooking, <laughs> hooking a uh, football. What is he doing? More like I did, dog. And uh, that video is dropping soon, so I can't wait for everybody to see that. Sheesh. Um, oh, listen, bro. It's it never hurts to get your confidence against the worst team in the NFL, and that's what Houston is. They're one and seven. They'll probably be one and eight by the time we play. Um, they've lost four straight. They're one and four on the road, so everything's pointing in the favor of the, the of the Dolphins. But it can also be a trap game. Right where we don't come out with that energy because we've been so relaxed from having the week off. I'm interested how the team mm-hmm. is going to respond to that, right? And what, namely, Coach McDaniel is going to do to avoid that. Because you know me, I, I, not to say that I was a, a skeptic of Mike McDaniel's, but I didn't know how well he can translate into success and how quickly he's obviously made a believer out of me right now. You know what I mean? Um, and he deserves that, but he still has more work to do. And like I said before, he's. The type of guy who has made mistakes, gotten better. Made mistakes, gotten better. Made mistakes, gotten better. And that's all I can ask for for a first-time head coach and a guy who's as young as he is learning on the fly, man. I I got a lot of respect for that guy right now. And if he can keep it up, shit, he might just etch his name into the history books as far as Miami Dolphins coaches who can be successful here. He's Uh, young, dog. Imagine giving that guy a seven-year contract, an eight-year contract. Who are some first-time head coaches that make it to the Super Bowl. Do you know any? Uh, that have made it to the Super Bowl? First bro. time, like first year, like nah. it's your first year with the team. First year coaching, so. uh, like head coaching spot in the NFL. I first year. You would have to look it up on your phone. I don't know. I don't think there is. There I don't think so. One. We would know. Google it and we we'll and we'll come back to it. Right. Um, but like I said, Dolphins 7-3 and three, heading into the bye week. Yeah. Facing we'll do, a weak Houston team. I guess we could do. We could wait till next week's episode to do the preview for yeah. that Houston game. Absolutely. Keys to the game and absolutely, all that. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Um. Yeah, man. Let's see. Dolphins Nation feeling good right now. Feeling good. I'm gonna. I might fuck around and get a Dolphins tattoo. Dog. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, let's talk about the Heat. Um, they had ba- a, a very important homestand starting uh, last week after we recorded. They lost to Portland that night. Uh, ended up losing one ten to one oh seven on a heartbreaking three point by Josh Hart, and it, it was kind of looking rough. For the Heat, man, they were four and seven at the time. And it's like, all right, like, at what point do we look at everything else and say, what what's really going on with the Heat and how the hell are they going to fix it? You know, because it's not like we were getting a lot of, let's say, contributions from everybody else, right? We had Jimmy miss a couple of games. Tyler Heroes missed these last four games. We're playing tonight, uh, and he's not playing as well. So that's a little bit concerning for me. As far as being a Tyler Hero fan and obviously a Heat fan. But, you know, after that, what I like to look at is like what causes the Heat to lose. And I've noticed this trend where it's like the fourth quarter. The Heat are always losing the fourth quarter, whether it be by one point or by seven points. Always losing the fourth quarter. We may win the game because we're up by a lot, but we lose the fourth quarter. And that's like a very troubling sign for me. The thing that's most upsetting about that is we've always been a second-half team. We've always been a comeback, like, fourth quarter. Like, all right, even if we're down 10 points, 12 points going into the fourth, we know we can shave that down when our starters get in, take over, and win the game. And we're not seeing that from this, this squad right now. Hell no. Hell no. I mean, you didn't see it against Portland, right? And like I said, uh, it was it was a, a quarter that we lost 37 to 26. 37 points that we gave up in the fourth quarter in order to lose that game. You can't be giving up 37 points. To anybody. In any quarter. In any quarter. 
You know what I mean? Especially the fourth quarter, especially being up. Um, you know, no no heat player. We talked about like somebody pin, putting on the big boy pants and putting up offense. No heat player had more than 16 points that night. Only had an eight man rotation. Like it was it was rough. It was rough, dog. Nobody had more than seven rebounds. Like so Bam wasn't even dominant. No Jimmy was dominant. It was just a a weird thing to see on the on the court because we know that that team should be much better than that, you know. And um, the only bright spot of that game, right? The only bright spot of that game was Duncan hitting his 400th career three pointer. You know, it just shows you how fast he's climbed when he was hitting that hot streak of of making threes. But like, besides it's that, it's wild how quick guys do that nowadays. Yeah, like to hit 400 three pointers back at like. 20 years ago yeah it would have took you like 10 years <laughs> for sure right but now you have power four is knocking down 400 in their career crazy here in 10 years it's, it's wild the back-to-back losses you know back-to-back that, losses that shit to to weak teams you know you another lose to, you, another thing we're not used to seeing right because we we were always we've always been a bounce back team hey we lose all right cool shake that off it happened Bounce back. Don't make it two in a row. But it just shows and you how inconsistent this team is, right? But we've lost two in a row yeah. multiple times multiple this season. Times. And we're only a month into the season. And we've also won two games in a row multiple times. Where it's like lose oh, three, win two. Lose three, win, th- lose two, win, th- win two. Lose three, win three. And it's like, all right, no, bro. Let's put four together. Let's put five together and, and then lose, lose two. one. You know, don't, win don't let more. win two more or win one and then lose another one where you break it up at least. But... You got to be able to put some performances together and keep it rolling. Hopefully tonight we get to see that because we did, you know, bounce back against Charlotte and had two wins back to back against them starting at homestead. Um, They're not a great team by any stretch of the imagination, right? They got LaMelo Ball back that night. They got LaMelo Ball back that night, but they're they're 3-11. They're they're where they're They're supposed to be, right? Like, bad team. And he had to really... Dig in deep for that game to beat him the first game, 117 to 112, because Jimmy ended up playing 35 minutes and that game went to overtime. Again, another blown fourth quarter. That can't be the trend that defines this heat season because there's too much talent on the team for that to be the issue. Tell me we get cold. Tell me that we can't shoot from three anymore. We're getting killed on the glass. I'll accept all of that because that just happens to be like personnel. Who do we have available, right? But when you're talking about losing fourth quarter leads, that's just a grit thing. That's like an effort thing because that's just defense. Are you are you Ding up? Are you putting your energy into playing defense? Are you putting your energy into getting defensive rebounds, right? That shit means a lot, man. Do you think we're going to make a move at some point this season as far as acquiring or training for another What's, player? That, you know, we talk that that just begs the question, what is the move? Do you sell it all and like try to get the superstar? No, 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 no. But but uh, that's but not everything, what I think. But I, I feel you. But like everything's at on the table. If you look at how this team is playing, you got to put everything on the table. Not necessarily. I think we, you know. I think like I, we're, we are one piece away, man. Honestly, I think we're one or two pieces away. Mainly, you know, a big. I think that that can help contribute out there, um, or another score. Uh, I mean, I, I I don't know, man. I, I don't think that we're one or two pieces away. Right, because the parts that we have right now that would necessarily stay are either A, not producing, or B, not available. Case in point, Kyle Lowry. 
Would you say he's living up to his contract? Would you, would you say that he's playing up to his potential even? Kyle Lowry wouldn't say that. All right. So now we that's just one spot, right, where we know he's going to be hard to trade if we do trade him, right? Or if he stays, how much more can he can you can you get from him? Right? Another guy that we can look at, um Victor Oladipo. Haven't seen him yet. Haven't even seen him yet. And we're more than ten games into the season. I heard a rumor he might not even play the season. Hey. Hey. So if if that if those were guys that we were relying on or or at least expecting to contribute, not let's not say rely on, we were expecting them to contribute, where does that leave us now? Right? It leaves you where you gotta play Jimmy thirty five minutes, um, grind him out and him do everything for the team, right? Because we blow like I said, the fourth quarter, thirty one points to nineteen points in that one quarter alone. Again, right? We give up over thirty points in the fourth quarter. And Jimmy ended up going eleven of nineteen from the field. Uh he hit thirteen of fifteen free throws, ten rebounds, um, had three offensive rebounds, eight assists, two steals. Ended up the night with thirty five points as we got the win, uh, and and we had we had to hit two free throws by Gabe Vincent in order to push it to overtime, and then they missed their shot, and we ended up going pulling away, but we led by twelve going into the fourth quarter. You know that's our ten, that was our tenth game decided by single digits in this early ass season. We're not doing great, man. We're not doing <laughs> great, and to, and to cap it all off. The sponsor that we had, whoever had the naming rights FXT for arena. the arena, just went bankrupt. Yep. And now we don't even have an identity. Nope. As a team or as an arena or as a community. I don't even know what's what's Miami Heat culture anymore. I mean, it's winning. It's definitely winning, right? As as a franchise, that was our 3,000th game, that first game that we played against Charlotte. Um, it's always good to win those big milestones. Oh, man. No, good sneeze will always do it to you. And maybe two. But, um, you know, you win your 3,000th game. Now that he'd had uh, 1,585 wins versus 1,415 losses. And to me, that just points to them doing things right more often than not. Yeah. Right? Traditionally, again, we are always a winning team. And and things being constant in place, right? The owner, same dude. uh, GM, over 20 years. Like... All of that being consistent, the coach over really years. really helps the franchise stay afloat, even though you go through bad times. Yep. Um, that back to that other win that we got against Charlotte was was very impressive, right? Like that's a game that we had a lead and we just pushed it all the way through. We end up winning that game one thirty two to one fifteen. Um, we had a big, huge uh, game from Max Drews, dominated the third quarter. The Heat dominated third, the third quarter, put up forty five points. Allowed only 25, so blew up, second half adjustment. Now let's carry it into the fourth quarter, and thankfully they were able to do that. Um, that was the second time the Heat win by more than seven points this season. Second time out of the six wins that we got, which is okay, I guess, because you're getting closer to 500 in a kind of weak East, right? You got your two main teams in Milwaukee and Boston. They both have 10 wins. And then after that, you got a lot of teams that are pretty even, right? Atlanta, eight wins. Cleveland, eight wins. Washington, eight wins. Toronto, Philly, both with seven wins. And then that's just us, right? Then you start Indiana, New York, uh, Miami, Chicago, Brooklyn, all those teams with six wins as well. So it's not like we're too far behind, per se. But you you need your guys to keep stepping up. Like Max Drews, he balled out that night, you know, 10 of 16 from the field. Uh, he hit eight three-pointers, ended up with 31 points, had four rebounds to assist. 
Um, Bam had a strong game that night as well, 24 points and 15 rebounds. Like, things that that you need from those guys, right? Max Struess, you're going to be playing more. Kyler ain't doing his thing. Victor's not available. Run it, bro, because we don't want to give minutes to Duncan. Man, but it's we keep talking about the same guys, you know, that produce. Yeah. And and you mentioned it already earlier, you know, Kyle Lowry's not living up to expectations. Um, Oladipo, he's been absent. You yep. know, we haven't seen him yet. We don't know what's going to happen with him. The Tyler um, Hero injury. The Tyler Hero injury. And then now, to cap it all off, Omar Yurtsevin, who we were thinking maybe he can play some kind of role on here but he's not going to be a all-star by any means he's not going to come in and be a crazy you know piece to have offensively but maybe he's a big body in space maybe he can play some defense get some boards you know and and help out bam and 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 the rest of the bigs um he might not be playing for the rest of the year i think right i think he's hurt i don't know if you got any update on that i know that he's going to be out for at least three months at the very least three months so if you're thinking about that term he probably won't be back or able to come back until after the All-Star break, and then you're talking about another month and a half of basketball left, two months. I don't see him being back. in when we're trying to make a push for the playoffs? Absolutely If we're trying, if we're in in a position. If we're even in it, you know? If we're even in it. And then then even going back to our earlier point with the Heat, like, what would it look like if we did make a trade? If we did try to make a move? If we did bring somebody in off the streets? You know, as as funny as it is to mention, you mentioned you got to talk about Hassan Whiteside being out there, being a person that you can bring in. Stop naming that guy, bro. Demarcus Cousins is also out there. I won't. I won't be a Heat fan this season if they go for Whiteside. (laughs) No, you won't, bro. You you'll be like, all right, let's see what you got, Whiteside. Come in here and don't be stupid and grab these eight rebounds a game. Nah. Hey. We say that now, but if he comes on here and gives us three blocks a game and can no, get that guy out of my face, yeah, yeah, get that guy out of your face until he helps us win. Because that's that's one thing that the Heat definitely don't have. We don't have a real seven footer threat of a defensive block that we can throw in the in the middle of the paint. Well, we just called up called up seven footer Orlando Robinson from the Sioux Falls Skyforce. And and don't get me wrong, he had a nice summer league, you know, little run and stuff like that, but. What's that guy really bringing to the table? And how much can we expect from him? We're about to find out. He's not going to do shit, bro. We're about to find out. But <laughs> you know, the, shit. the trade deadline is February 9th. Yeah. Plenty so, of time. There's three months left or two and a half months, whatever, however you want to look at it. Um, we got to figure something out. I just, I'm curious to see how far, how far Pat Riley and Eric Spolcher are willing to fall from grace. Before they go, all right. This it's not. This is time to hit the panic button because we're one game under five hundred right now. And right. do we teeter totter on that edge all season long, and then be in a in a in a, what's this the playing tournament? Nah, I don't at think the so. ninth seed or whatever it is. I don't think so. Nah, dog. That's not Miami. I don't basketball. think that's us. I don't think that's us, and I don't think that Pat Riley has the time or at least that much time in his plans to say, yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna ride this season out. No, I, in my opinion, I think that he's already looking for that type of exit or that type of move to say, all right, what is it that I can do, right, in order to improve this team? And that's what we talked about. What what move can be done to improve this team? Who do you give up? Um, as much as it sucks, do you include a Jimmy Butler into that discussion? You kind of have to, knowing what he can bring you back as far as talent and evaluation of said talent goals. If Rudy Gobert is bringing 15 picks or whatever the hell you got for for Rudy Gobert, what the hell is a a guy like Jimmy going to give you? Obviously, he's going to bring you some talent back. He's going to yield the highest return for sure, but he's It depends what. 
It depends for what, because right. now we're, we're we're saying okay, and then again it goes back to evaluating the rest of the guys. Yeah, you can give up Jimmy, you can give up a Bamba, or you can give up Hero, but whoever stays, what's their role? What does their role transform into, and can they produce at that level? The Strews, the Lowry, Hero, Bam, whoever you name it, like what's their next level, and can they produce if if you keep them here? Because if not, then that kind of makes them a little bit more open to being traded or at least thinking about having those guys traded, right? Where you don't have to yeah, worry about it. Right, you know, if we're losing, if it's not looking good for us, uh, then at that point, anything goes, you know? It's like, for hey, sure. if Brooklyn is still having some issues over there with Kyrie Irving and the ownership, right? Or Kevin Durant and wanting to get out of there. Who knows? And they're on the table. All right, man. Well, so be it. If that what happens on the West Coast, you know what I mean? Because maybe the team on the West Coast that should have been better is not playing that great 50, 20 games in, 30 games in. And now they're looking to get out of a big contract or move a guy who disgruntled. Who knows? But we know that Pat is definitely has to be looking at that because he knows the clock is ticking on Jimmy. He knows the clock is ticking on Jimmy, right? Tick, 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 tick. Every single day. And and hopefully this last home game that we have before we hit the road against Phoenix um, turns into a dub. Right now we're playing. We're up 20 to 17 in the first. Um, by the time this game's over, this recording's over, you guys are going to know the score. But we're going to bring you that on our Instagram. So check that out and on Twitter as well. Uh, road games against Toronto, Washington, Cleveland, Minnesota. Four tough games. And they're mostly back-to-back. Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, and then Monday. Sheesh. Tough. That's not... That Three does, games in four days. That does not bode well for us. Got to get this home win. Got to. Right? Make it three in a row and then see what happens on the road. We got to, Mugatu. Let's see. Miami Heat. We need that pizza mañana. Yes, sir. We do. I won't live without it. Yo, we ha- I had some uh, pizza on Friday courtesy of the Miami Heat win last Thursday. So. I actually had some pizza yesterday courtesy of the Heat win So on we're, we're putting it to use. We're, we're putting we're it grinding. to work. You guys Let's win. Let's go, Heat. We're eating Let's the go, pizza. Let's go, Papa John's. Okay? Get, so, get with the program. Get yeah. with the pizza. I said it. I said it, mira la camisa. Mira para allá. Dale, people. Dale la pizza. Come on. Come on, come on. Um, uh, guys, guys who should be delivering more pizza, honestly, in my opinion, mm. the Florida Panthers. We fell off. Fell off from last week to this week. We fell off, bro. Um, fourth in our division right now, 8-6-1 and one on the season with 17 points. Um, and, and a weird... A weird one, one and one, you know, two little game diversion because they had two days between each game, did which it, is rare. Did it coincide with the Matthew Kachuk suspension? That well, Matthew Kachuk was able to come back from that first from the two game suspension, and, and as we beat Carolina at home, three zero, right? First shutout of the season, um, second straight win for the Panthers, and uh, that was uh, Spencer Knight getting the start, and um, he got the shutout, made forty saves. His third career shutout, uh, first of the season, like I said. And um, that was a real good all-around performance because it's been a while since we see the Panthers really win a game like that controlled, 3-0, 2-1, you know, 4-1, something like that. And the guys who contributed are the guys who we always, you know, want to contribute. You had a goal from Barkov on a power play goal. You had uh, Sam the Sniper Bennett. My, that's my new nickname for Sam. The Sniper. <laughs> the sniper. Yeah, bro. He hit a, a, a nice empty netter from a little distance, you know, in the third. After Owen Wilson opened up the, the scoring for the Panthers. Wow. <laughs> that's a terrible Wow. That's a terrible Owen Wilson. Well, wow, you got, man. You understood what I was doing. Yeah, I got you. I got you, Doc. Um, 
a, a good performance from the Panthers, you know? So just when I'm thinking like, all right, maybe the Panthers are, are, are kind of figuring it out and they're trying to put something together to kind of start that run where they win four or five games in a row. They follow that up and have a terrible, terrible, you know, performance against Edmonton. And then again, that was the game that we got Kachuk back. And we, that was the game that we even got um, Aaron Ekblad because he had missed some games before earlier in the season. So you would think coming off a win, having these two guys, you know, coming back into the lineup, the team is definitely going to feel motivated and feel boosted and then go out there and lose 4-2 and not even be really in the game. Already down 2-zip after the first period and then like and then the rest of the game you're trying to play catch up and every time they were tie the game up, boom, Edmonton will come right back 5 minutes later and take the lead. So, you know, you know it's interesting you just mentioned Ekblad's return. Um we we had to get activate him off IR in order to do so, we had to wave somebody. Who we wave? Well, we waved the guy named Ru- Rudolph Bowser's. I'm Peace. not familiar with him. Peace. But the interesting thing to me is who then in turn claimed him off the waivers and signed him. Who? Tampa Bay. Yes. Fucking Tampa Bay. That's like a that's like a Patriots Yo, move. You know when the Dolphins like Let me tell you, we're coming West for Tampa Walker, Bay, dog. You know, or like we let them go and then the Patriots got him or the, the Patriots got every yeah. p- like player every that player. we had and Say like out, everybody. champions. Everybody. That's that's what that feels like right there. Damn it. Damn it. Doesn't dog. feel good, dude. No, no. Um, damn it, dude. Yeah. Freaking Tampa Bay. But I guess they recognize talent, you know? Hey. And, and maybe there's not enough room. And, you know, like I said, that was a game where you felt the momentum kind of building for the Panthers and for them to kind of, I don't want to say lay an egg, but just like come out flat, you know, come out real flat and have and not really even give you a chance to win that game, kind of whack, especially getting Kachuk back. I I, yeah. I felt like the team was dying for him to come back just to kind of get into that into that goal mode. Um, but again, Sam the sniper hit another had another two game uh two goal game his fourth and fifth of the season. The fourth one was on another power play goal. Uh, a, a guy that we got last year and was like, well, can he fit in? Can he fit in? And then boom, hit the ground running or hit the ice running and never stopped, never looked back. And he's always taking that backseat role because there are bigger names or more popular names but all my man does is stay consistent and keep his game going so um i'm glad that he's getting some shine now right when the team needs it even though it wasn't a loss it was still a hell of a performance and um going back to that carolina game actually it was pretty cool that night the stall brothers uh eric mark and jordan uh, we're all playing together on the ice for the for the first time, which was super cool. Um, two of the brothers play for um for the Panthers, which is Eric and Mark, and then Jordan. He plays for Carolina. And interesting enough, that was Eric Stahl's thirteen hundred game in the NHL. Wild, one thousand three hundred, ladies Holy and gentlemen. God. Yeah, and how much? How cooler to spend that with your brothers on the same ice? You know what I mean? And like, get to celebrate that, right? You know, it was wild too, bro. I know What's we're that? Hockey right now, but the NFL also had a bunch of families going up against each other this past weekend. I don't yeah, know if you caught that? Yeah, you had the Chubb brothers, the so Chubb brothers. Bradley Chubb and Nick Chubb, correct? And then you also had the Cook brothers, Dalvin Cook and James Cook, up in Buffalo and in Minnesota. In Minnesota. Uh, there was a couple. Oh, um, the Lions versus the Bears. You had Amon Ross St. Brown versus Equinemia St. Brown. Dope. Yo, there was a. There that's was a pretty bunch. dope. Yeah, Scott Hansen had, had mentioned it. I thought it was awesome. I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, man. Every brother or sibling has that dream. Like, yo, we're gonna play in the pros together, bro. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, that's to, wild. You get to play against each other. That's wild. I, I wouldn't even be able. And then, like, just the bragging rights, right? Heading into Thanksgiving, like, I'm gonna see you in two weeks, bro. Yeah, dog. You do <laughs> the jersey swap, you, you know? Weeks. You do the jersey swap with your bro. Hey, take that L. I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> 
take that L, big dog. I'll see you later. Hold that. You know what I'm saying? I'll, I'll see you at Thanksgiving, I'll homie. I'll see you in a bit, dog. I'll see you in a little bit. That's cool as shit, man. Yeah, and man. again, dog, especially when it's games like that that mean something, have a, some type of significance, and to be able to share that with siblings what is just wild, man. Yeah. Um, a couple of guys I got to give a shout out to, too. Uh, Hornquist, uh, Forsling, Colin White, uh, Gudas, they all had assist. Um, in that last game against Edmonton and, you know, just shows you that those defensive guys can, are doing a good job of pushing it forward. We just got to do a better job of playing defense. <laughs> They're doing great to contribute to the offense and getting the puck moving quickly to our, to our forwards for them to do their thing. But, um, yeah, we kind of need the defense to step up. And, um, I don't know, man. Spencer Knight had another game. He played both games, had 31 saves, had a great game, um, only gave up one goal and five power play opportunities. So it's not like he was the one at fault. Again, it's just like when you're giving up four goals, that's a defensive breakdown. That's not just on the goalie. Yeah, they'll figure it out, man. I mean, I hope so. Playing, They don't have another game until Tuesday, right, where they're playing Washington, and then they're going to be at, at Dallas. Uh, no, excuse me. Three-game homestand. They're going to be playing against Washington, Dallas, and Calgary here at home. And then they're heading on the road on Sunday to Columbus. I am I keep waiting for that spark. I keep waiting for that spark. And I don't know if the Panthers have it just yet. Well, that makes two teams in South Florida that were waiting on sparks. Well, one is much closer than the other. <laughs> Which one? one? Is, I mean, definitely the Panthers are way closer, dog. Than the Heat? Absolutely. Just think about it like this, right? Think about it like this. When if you had to bet right now on either team finishing top four in their conference, who would you put your money on? Uh, probably the Heat, just because the odds would be better. Hell no, you're crazy. I'm not saying like money, money. I mean, like, I, come dude, on, dude, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not talking about man. like I'm gonna I put money you. on it. Hello. Which one is more probable? Forget about making money. Which one is more probable? It's the Pro- Panthers. Probably the Panthers. It's the Panthers. A thousand percent. You know, and it's like. They've earned that, right, from being consistent. They've earned that. And even right now, they're still above 500. The Heat are struggling to get to 500. You know, they got to win three games in a row to get to 7-7 seven and seven on the season, you know? Yeah, and it's not to say that they haven't earned it. It's just that, you know, the the rest of the NPA just looks so damn good, man, especially our, our, our conference. It just yeah. looks like there's a, a lot of teams that aren't just going to lay down. And take it, you know. No, they're we, not. We they're gotta, not. We got to go in there and win those games. They're not going to give them to us. And right now, we're we're not going in winning games that we should be winning. Exactly. And and tonight is a tough matchup. That Phoenix matchup is tough. Um, that game for uh, for the Panthers playing against the Washington Capitals gonna be a tough game because that's a team that knows how to they, win. They always run us tough. Yeah, they know how to win. They're playoff savvy. They won. They've won. You know the cup before. So. It's not like you're you're yeah, you're expecting re- that team not to show that's, up. That's a repeat of the playoffs. The last Absolutely. time we met them was in the playoffs where we beat them to advance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even still, we were we weren't favored in the majority of those it was games a against tough, Washington. Tough series, you know. Tough, tough series. Let's see. Hopefully, the Panthers can rip off three in a row here. Oh yeah, let's get three in a row. Oh yeah, that's Love my it. number for these the Heat three, and the baby. Panthers. Get to three wins in a row and let everything else happen after that. Two for you, three for me. Yeah, uh, the Hurricanes, man. What about them, bro? Went up to Georgia this. They're not weekend. ranked seventeen. I don't want to talk about that, yeah, bro. We, we do have to highlight when they do show up because it is something new that they're doing, right? They actually had a new starting quarterback in Ja'Cory Brown who not only did he play well. True freshman, right? True freshman, dog. True freshman from Georgia. So imagine that. 
from Georgia, making your first collegiate start in Georgia and balling out. Uh, he was 14 of 19 throwing the ball for 136 yards and three touchdowns. But more importantly, he carried the ball 19 times for 87 yards. Shifty. We haven't seen a shifty quarterback for the Hurricanes in like 40 years, 50 years, easy. Because we've never been that type of quarterback school. We've always leaned more on that traditional stand-up pocket type quarterback. But Ja'Curry, man, Ja'Curry, his main threat is his legs because he's a big, big dude, Doug. You know, he ain't no little guy. He's 6'4", 210. All right, but walk me through what, you know, I'm lost. I've been under a rock when it comes to Hurricanes football. What happened to Tyler Van Dyke? What the hell happened to Jake? Shut down for the season. Tyler Van Dyke is officially shut down for the season. He's going to have surgery pretty soon. And um, he's not playing right now. More than likely to uh, looking like he's going to come back. For another season next year, um, and battle, right, and, and see if he can take his spot back, his starting spot back. His season officially done. Jay Garcia, I have it on real good information that prior to the week of FSU week, he had a lot of reservations and doubts about himself and his game, which was kind of showing itself in practice. And then the week of FSU, he struggled mightily. I don't think he completed five passes. That's the rumor going around that he didn't wasn't able to complete five passes throughout practice week, right? Uh, so obviously the coaching staff, Crystal Ball, did not feel comfortable going into the game with him, which is why they attempted to throw out Van Dyke and see if he could give it a go. Obviously he couldn't, too hurt, and said instead of going to a guy who we don't really have confidence in because he's having confidence issues within himself and Jake, they decided to go with the rookie. Or the freshman and, and see if Jerry Curry could pull off some magic, right, against FSU, uh, which is tough, tough to be, to that have be like your first game of the season, playing a huge opponent, a guy who's against guys who are much faster than you. You're not really sure what's the play, what's the playbook like. You don't have real rapport with your wide receivers or anything like that. So like everything was very foreign for him in that game. So yeah, I didn't expect him to look that great in that game, but. This Georgia, uh, this game against Georgia Tech was a different thing for him because he had the time to game plan. The coaches knew, like, yeah, we're not going with Jake. Tyler's done. You're the man now. Here's the week of practice. See how comfortable you can get. And the kid looked very comfortable, bro. Um, you know, the, the numbers don't blow you away. 14 or 19, 136 yards, three touchdowns. That's like, that's cake. They have three touchdowns, though? Three touchdowns because they're running the ball. The team is running the ball, right? Like you had Jalen Knight, 118 yards. Uh, Jacory Brown, finally. finally, right? He, he had 19, 16 carries. Excuse me. Um, I mentioned Brown, uh, Jacory Brown, 19 carries for 87 yards. So the threat of the running game was there in order to help with, in order to help with what he was able to do with throwing the ball. Now, this is not a kid that you want him trying to throw 40, 50 yards down the field, right? No, he's a true freshman. He, he, he. You want him to get game reps and actual game reps and time right so you it'd be dumb to dial up place to throw the ball downfield when we don't really have that many weapons and and his best threat right now or best ability at this at this moment is his legs and his size so use them and they did effectively so he was able to run get first downs get first downs and whenever he moved inside that pocket or, or shifted outside the pocket it, it definitely brought the attention of the defensive backs and all the linebackers so he was able to make little easy dump throws and th- little 25 yard throw the first one that he made was a nice easy lob to uh will mallory in the towards the right side mallory was wide open just floated it 20 yard pass in the bread basket touchdown easy 
things that you would want your freshman quarterback to attempt in his Absolutely. first collegiate start. You know, especially in his hometown where, where I'm sure he was super nervous, super excited, had a bunch of people there visiting him, friends, ex-teammates, all types of stuff, you know. So they started including true his family. They, they started true freshman on the road. Yep. Um, are able to put out a dub. And, and that's not even the story of the game. And they do well on offense. Talk to me about defense, though. Four interceptions, and then three of them coming from Cameron Kitchens, who leading right now, you know, the entire, I believe, he's either top ten with six interceptions on the season, but he had three interceptions in one game. And and to me, you know, I know we've given this defense a lot of uh, a lot of gripe, a lot of well deserved, you know, criticism. But when you when you have players right like um, Leonard Taylor, who we talked about, uh, Akeem Mesador, uh, and now um, this kid uh, Cameron Kitchens, that that kind of as a UN fan is what brings you back to the team to be like, damn, these dudes can pick it up. You know, like we got something we can build on here. Like we can get a little bit better, and maybe we get rid of guys who aren't to the level of, of what we're looking for, what Mario's looking for. What a what a day, dog! Wait a what a way to make yourself known not only to UM fans but also known nationally because now this kid's name is being mentioned on ESPN. He's on a million you know podcasts being talked about like this one, and it all bodes well for his stock and his comeuppance as a player and as an individual. But it also lends credence to what I was saying, which is like Mario is. Showing that he can put guys in position, it's just not enough guys available to him right now. And even with all that, like, you know, winning cures all. And I'm not saying that these wins are like so impressive that it, it takes the heat or the shine off of Mario Cristobal. But like, when you do win these games, it's like, good on you, bro. Thirty-five to fourteen, way to go on the road and freaking win a game, dog. With the with the true freshman, that's shit that we makes us believe in you, right? Especially when the game plan is what it looks like. That you use the talents of the quarterback that you have and you use his attacking weapons and then you run the ball effectively. Something that you know this team needs because we don't have that great skilled players on the outside. Now, something that I was listening to a lot um, from Mario himself, you know, he's frequently on the Joe Rose show in the mornings and um, they were talking about like maybe about 10 to 20 players that might be leaving after the season is over. So I'm kind of... I don't want to say skeptical, but I'm worried or it's concerned to to what this team is going to look next year. Five and five on the season. I think we need another two two wins to be bowl eligible. Maybe we get there, but does that bode well for us? Obviously, it does because playing on a bowl is a big deal now for any collegiate program. You want that income. You want that, that national spotlight during the holidays or whatever where you're playing on a bowl game. Maybe it's not the bowl game that we would want to play, right? Like those top 10 bowl games. But a bowl game is a bowl game, especially when you've had the season like we've had and you have five losses. The Hurricanes with three be of them playing being, in the Great Value Bowl this year, dog. Maybe. And maybe, they, <laughs> you know, and they'll be playing in the Kellogg's Frosted Flakes Bowl probably, <laughs> nah, dog. They wish. You know? They're not good enough for Frosted Flakes. Maybe the Corn Flakes Bowl. Corn Flakes, the Publix brand. Put some sugar, <laughs> extra sugar in it. The, the fiber. <laughs> oh, man. But, yo, listen, dog, listen. I just want to make sure my team gets their flowers. I just want to shout out the UCF Knights. For what, guy? Number 17 in the country. The best team in Florida. Okay, they just beat the Tulane, Green Wave, or whatever the hell they, those guys are. 38-31 this past week. Huge win for, for UCF, improving to 8-2 and two on the season. And I just wanted to give them a shout-out, man, because, you know, I'm a UCF Knight. I got them up here. 
and uh, best team in, in in Florida, bro. As far as like a ranking, number seventeen in the nation for sure. And you know that's short lived, and it doesn't mean much. But I guess until until one of these four teams, collegiate teams, big programs are tw- ten and one, nine and one, you know, nine and zero, oh, eight and zero, oh, heading into a season. That's when I feel like collegiate football will be quote unquote back in, in Florida, in South Florida. Because I, I just don't feel like there, there's enough excitement around any of these teams. Any of these teams. You're an alumni, so yeah, you're going to be hyped about them. But yeah, if, absolutely. You, if you talk to 15 guys on the street or I'll your job. i money on UCF over Hurricanes right now. You probably lose. What? How dare you? You probably lose, dog. across the table and slap you who, with your own who'd laptop. You, who'd you guys Are play? Are you kidding me? Who'd you guys play? I don't even want to get into that, bro. Who'd you but guys right play? now, UCF would whoop Would you guys beat FSU? Yeah, we would. We would be uh, U, U, yeah, UM, FSU, and the Gators. We'd probably beat them all right now. Okay. This UCF's team is nasty. Okay. Wait for it. I'll be waiting. New Year's Six Bowl coming. <laughs> That's the car rental company, guys, in case you don't know. Hey, the, the Hertz rental car bowl, I'll take it. The Hertz. I mean, I, I'm telling I'm you, bro. I'm an enterprise guy myself, but. Uh, I bet. Um, <laughs> for, for me, again, like I said before, bro, a bowl is a bowl is a bowl. If you're not playing in the top four, the Sugar Bowl, Orange Bowl, those four bowl, those three, four bowls, forget about any other bowl. You're happy to be there. You're happy to be in the building. Let's see what happens. This Hurricanes team is going to be very different next year. That much is a fact, right? Now, now that things that we weren't so sure that we were like worried about, we're worried about the running back position, quarterback positions, wide receiver positions. Um, offensive line looks like it's getting better. Defensive line is definitely getting better. You know, we have a couple of playmakers back there, but I'm interested to see what Mario puts together next year. We know the recruiting class is going to be good, even though they just lost the five-star quarterback that was coming next year. But we, they kept the D lineman. He can do whatever he wants in the offseason. He can do whatever he wants. But at this point, I think the consensus for Hurricanes fans should be fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice. Shame on me. And they're not going to go even whatever he shows us in in the offseason. Everybody's going to go, yeah, that's all cute. Wins some games. And until he wins games, he's not going to have the full support. Of and the it's got to be eight and two next year. It's got to be eight and two. It's got to be eight and two. This this five and five shit. Nah, it's got to be eight and two, nine and one. You know, and you lose one big game. Let's say you lose to a number four in Alabama or some shit like that. Uh, Clemson who's really good. Whatever. Whatever's on the record that you play a top 10 team. You lose to them, okay, maybe. All right, cool. But the rest of the season, you got to go out there and and really win games, like you said, bro. Nine, eight, nine, eight games minimum, yeah. minimum for next year, bro. That's it, bro. Um, yeah, man. I, I feel like this weekend coming up is going to be dope, right? We have the, the a little bit of a break on Sunday. Uh, no Dolphins, but plenty of Heat action, plenty of Panthers action, and of course we have the Hurricanes playing Clemson on Saturday. Number twelve Clemson at that on the road. So upset. don't hold your upset. breath. Upset. Put money on the Hurricanes right here. What? Put money on them. What? This, this guy. Is a, this is a game right here where the Hurricanes can go in and win. No way. Yeah, calling it right here. All right. You know what? I'm going to double that. You need the, case, the, the takes for content. Yeah, we do. We, well, I'm going to double that up. Do, put the house on the Hurricanes. Woo! Put the house on the Hurricanes because they're going to go up to Clemson and embarrass those guys. And cl- That's going to be Crystal Ball's game of the year. Disclaimer is going to be right here. Don't put your money on that, please. Don't do it. Please don't, don't put your money on that, guys. But it could happen. Yeah, it could. But you know what you can do? 
You could tell a friend. To tell a friend. You could tell a friend. To, to tell a friend. To tell one more friend. Matter of fact, tell them to tell another friend. Tell them about this podcast. Word of mouth. You want to show them some love? That's how you do it. You tell a friend to go to our YouTube page, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, drop a comment on our latest video, Week 10 OnlyFans out right now. We got the Delray Night, uh, Delray Beach Fight Night out video out. We got the Coach Sib interview out. We got the Miami Golf Bros uh, Challenge versus Jason out. HQ Golf, shout out to him. Uh, man, just so much content. I could barely get it out, man. We got a lot. We got a lot. So. But make sure to subscribe to our social medias to make sure you guys are staying up to the latest. And until next time, Peace.